Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. Welcome to the Ringers. Philly special, Shiel Kapade here, joined by Ben Solak, ace producer, Cliff Augustine. We weren't planning on coming back so soon. We were with you, and it hasn't even been 24 hours, Benjamin, yeah. since we last talked, but I woke up and I thought, we're going to know tonight who the Eagles' opponent is going to be. We got to pot about that a little bit and get some uh, get some first impressions off. So we'll have plenty for you this week. This is not the deep dive. This is a get to know the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy is coming to the link Sunday at 3 o'clock, Eagles fans. If you beat Brock Purdy again at home at the link, you are going to the Super Bowl. Benny Souls, I know you thought that the Cowboys were an easier matchup, yeah. but you didn't want the possibility of losing to the Cowboys because that would have ruined your life. And so you preferred the 49ers. So Sunday is, has been a good outcome for you. Yeah, I, uh, I, it was one of those situations where you flip <laughs> the coin in the air. And then as in the air, you realize what it is you really want. I really wanted the Cowboys. I wanted to beat them. <laughs> you know, that was, that's where, that was where I ended up during that game. I was like, oh, please sneak away with this, you bad football team. I want to beat you in the link. Uh, you get the Niners and just, I mean, since week 10, I've been like Niners and Eagles are the teams. And if they play, I think I would pick the Niners if I had to. And here we are and it's January and it's Niners Eagles. And Vegas has got like the Eagles is a very small favorite. And it's just going to be a week of like, uh, the teams are both extremely healthy, right? The like Eagles are a little bit dinged up, but in general, they have all their guys. It's not really any like question who's going to play, and it's just going to be a matter of just ripping through film, ripping through numbers, and trying to figure out who's got an edge here. This are, uh, the, the thing that, that really stood out to me, 
especially having watched a lot of these AFC playoff games, is that the Niners and the Eagles are the two best rosters in the league. Like, you know, equal quarterback to all the other positions, man. Like, forget the Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow of it all. This, uh, there are so many good players on the field. There are so many for the Eagles and for the Niners. Yeah. Every, there are impact players at all three levels on both sides of the ball, man. And that's just like... This is going to be such a good game. And the, the, the way that these teams are built, the defensive line and, and, and the variable running games and the, the dynamic threats in the passing game, like this is just, I, you live for this, man. You, you live for this team coming into your home stadium and you going best against best for four quarters and coming out the victor. This is, this is January football. So cool. It, it's funny when you said both teams are healthy, I was like, yeah, he's right. And then I was like, Actually, the 49ers are on their third-string quarterback, but that yeah, tells you something it's about Kyle the 49ers. It it's not real. Yes, <laughs> I know, I know. It, it, it's, uh, but it's funny that you can say that, and I, I was like, yeah, no, he, he's right. Oh, wait, a team on their third-string quarterback is about to try is one win away from getting to the Super Bowl. So, listen, I'll repeat what I've said. There are no guarantees, but my goodness, in August, if I would have told you uh, that you are going to have Brock Purdy and the Niners coming to the link, your two and a half point favorites, you're going to have 21 of 22 possible starters, maybe all 22 possible starters healthy for this game. You win this game, you're going to the Super Bowl. You would have signed up right away. By the way, Benjamin, this weekend turned out really well for the Eagles. I mean, I'm not going to, we'll get to our, maybe at the end of the week, we'll say, are the Eagles winning the Super Bowl or are the Eagles not winning the Super Bowl? And we'll go on the record. You obviously never want to see anyone get injured, especially a player that as magnificent as Patrick Mahomes, like you were just Mm -hmm. saying. The fun part about Niners Eagles is that these guys, like these guys are going to be on the field. Uh, The all pro players are going to be on the field, but Mahomes suffers that high ankle sprain. And now that Chiefs team is a big question mark. I mean, the Bengals, they played great today. They're going to be down two or three offensive linemen if that's the team, whichever, the Niners, the Eagles play uh, in the Super Bowl. So uh, it really has set up nicely here for the Eagles where everything is right there in front of them. There's not an, uh, another team out there that you say that team is a juggernaut. Uh, I would have to look at some of like the lines to know whether they would be favored or underdogs. I mean, I don't think any of those lines would be more than probably a field goal uh, if it's Eagles-Bengals or eagles Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but obviously a lot depends on what we see out of Mahomes. So uh, it's set up for the Eagles. Eagles fans, you got to be excited going into this game. Uh, I'm glad you said that about the talent, Ben, because I was trying to do a quick exercise uh, before we signed on here for the podcast. And I kind of did this to myself for that Giants game. How many, remember how many Giants would start for the Eagles? I think I brought it up in one of our podcasts last week. And I think it was like three, three offense, defense. There were like three guys that I felt like would start on the Eagles. Here's what I came up with uh, for Eagles 49ers. Are you, are you ready to listen to these okay. names? Here are the guys I think would start for the Eagles who are on the 49ers. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, yep. Debo, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Nick Bosa, Hufanga, and then I've got uh, to Sean Gibson, if we assume Blankenship is still playing safety and Maddox is still out. So that's eight guys I have 
for the 49ers. Now I have a few toss-ups yeah. here. So maybe these are some guys you might be thinking about. Uh, I think Ayuk versus Devontae Smith is probably one where Niners fans would say, we'll take our guy. And Eagles fans would say, we'll take our guy. I think they're you know probably pretty similar uh, in the pecking order of wide receivers. Goddard versus Kittle. Again, I think it's the same thing. I would take uh, Goddard's been a little healthier for his career. And uh, at this stage of their careers, I would take Goddard. But Kittle has looked great in recent weeks. So you could take Kittle if you want to. Uh, Chauncey Gardner. Johnson versus Jimmy Ward in the slot is probably another one that feels like a bit of a toss-up. And then uh, Eric Armstead against Fletcher Cox. Initially, I was going Armstead for sure. I don't. I, I I won't act like I've watched every snap of Armstead on film. He's got one sack in 11 games this year, so I thought that one was maybe a little closer than I thought. So I settled on eight for the 49ers, 10 for the Eagles, including the quarterback, and four toss-ups, which is yeah. really, and really close say, for two of the most talented rosters. Yeah. What would you say to, to, I know I just mentioned yeah. a lot of so names. I would there. say it's I, it, like, if you're just talking about best skill position players, I think that you're ending up with like Debo, AJ Brown, Goddard, and Kittle as like the, the and then like McCaffrey as your like five skill position players. You know what I'm saying? If you're forcing yourself into three receivers and it's the Devonte versus the IU conversation, I agree. It's really tough. I did like my wide receiver tiers uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm about as big of a Brandon Ayuk fan as you're going to find. Uh, and it's funny because I wasn't that early in his career. I was a big detractor actually of Ayuk, and he's improved so much over the last couple of seasons to the degree that I don't think people really realize like just how good he's gotten, even in that system and everything. Where like I'd probably take Ayuk over Devontae. But I like I like I said, like the thing that belongs in the toss-up category. So I think the Niners probably get a fifth skill position guy in there somehow, whether it's Ayuk over Devontae, whether it's just George Kittle by going best five. And then I would say Armstead over Cox at this stage in Cox's career. Like even with Armstead's low sack numbers, like it's hard to get sacks on the Niners line because there's a lot of them. You know, like that, that that's difficult to deal yeah. with. So I, I might edge a, a couple of different Niners players in there, but yeah, it's like it's un it's very it's unbelievable close. talent. And then also critically, like the the Niners on the Niners as a team have, I would say, one like weakness. Like there's times you can get after Diamador Lenore, their second outside corner. You know what I'm saying? He's like a solid player, he's not a great player. So like, all right, like there's times you can get at him. They're only a four down uh, front team, right? They don't have like, like the Eagles have their five down fronts. So you just have to run. The Niners never do that. So you can beat them, you know, get good double teams, beat them in the running game. We're going to talk a lot, trust me, a lot about the Eagles running game in this upcoming, you know, preview series. Um, so like there's stuff that you can, you can get it, you can poke at. But in general, I would say they have one weakness offensively, Brock Purdy, inconsistent player, right? Like you just saw. This, this game that they played against the Seahawks and against the Cowboys, like, he's trying to throw picks. You know what I'm saying? Like, just catch the football. He's trying to give it to you. You know, like, they got one weakness. But, like, defensively, it's really hard to pick on them. It's really hard to, like, like circle a certain player. Like, let's go after this guy. Like, it's just, it's tough. So you have that. And then I would say the Eagles as a team have, like, one weakness. And it's defensively. And it's, like, you know, whatever blame, you know, you want to share it out, like, Gannon plus like you know they got like a Blankenship out there and like you know they have guys you can pick on Kaiser White right they kind of have some guys in coverage you can get after other than that man like when it's Eagles offense versus Niners defense it's a unit that can do anything they can beat you in any way they've beaten every team this year Jalen Hurts are 15 and 1 in like a myriad of ways running back run quarterback run option game deep passing short passing yards every single way against a defense 
that can beat you in and they can they can pass rush, they can physical against the run, they can cover in zone, they can cover in mana, they can blitz and they can tackle. Like it's just Eagles offense versus Niners defense has a chance to be like a heavyweight sort of a fight that like is like one every five years. Say so like not like 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 this isn't gonna be like Mahomes Allen sort of a performance because the quarterbacks aren't good enough, but in terms of like you know, on one drive, it's A.J. Brown making a critical play to set up a field goal. And then on the next drive, it's Drake Greenlaw making a critical play to stop the Eagles on fourth down. And on the next drive, it's Devontae Smith. It was a huge catch for a touchdown. And then on the next drive, it's Sean Gibson with a third down stop. Like, it has the opportunity to just be like back and forth slugfest when the Eagles hold the ball. The, the lack of weaknesses on these teams. It, yeah, Cliff just says going to be Fury versus Wilder, right? It's just slugging it, because of the amount of talent you have on these teams. It's going to be sick. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Yeah, they, they're they each loaded specifically on that side of the ball. Those matchups are going to be really fun. This, this Niners-Cowboys game, I know you talked about it uh, on the Ringer NFL show. I mean, I thought it was a relatively even game. I mean, you know, 49ers ended up scoring on uh, five of their possessions. They were kind of moving the ball, but they weren't like, you know, that dynamic or explosive. They had the big, uh, they only scored one touchdown the entire game. And that was on that 10 play 91 yard drive where Purdy has the second reaction play where he, he hits George Kittle uh, for 29 yards and they hold the ball for eight minutes. Then their run game got going a little bit and uh, they drove the ball on their next possession there. But uh, overall, I thought it was like a pretty evenly matched game. You mentioned it. I mean, if Trayvon Diggs catches that interception Mm -hmm. uh, in the red zone, there were like kind of a lot of what ifs uh, in that game where it really could have tilted one way or the other. I will say uh, I let out a a huge cackle at that that last play was just like, I don't know how you could watch that. And Zeke's got to be thinking like, what the heck? Like I did not sign up to do this and just get steamrolled uh, on this play. So the 49ers did not uh, play soft there. They were just like, all right, kill everyone on this play and end it here. But what were kind of your overall impressions of how the Niners, uh, Niners played again, that yeah. if you want the deep dive from Solak on this, uh, listen to the ringer NFL show, but just what were your big takeaways? Yeah, I would say as an Eagles fan and analyst and a team watching, you watch the way that Dallas for three and a half quarters really beat this Niners front, especially this Niners interior. And you go, Hey, we can do that. And you know, get penetration. Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, and Dominican Sue, Fletcher Cox, we can do that. And then we have what the Cowboys don't have, which is like the Jordan Davis, Linval Joseph fold of it all, right? Where like this, this, uh, this Cowboys front had a really big day against the Niners offensive line that's played very well this year, but has largely been punching above their weight in terms of talent, right? Like Jake Brandle, Aaron Banks, Mike McGlinchey, like they, they gel well as a group, but like there are, 
I said there's only one weakness on the, the Niners. There are weak points there, right? That is a team, uh, unit's been punching above their weight. So you look at the way that, that that front really was really good against the running game for most of the game. Fourth quarter started to get a little bit tired, a little bit of dead legs, and lost it. You have to be leaning against the fourth quarter in the Niners. You cannot be losing behind because they will sit on you with that running game. But uh, you look at the way that front play and say, hey, man, we can, we can do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, they, they get their George Kittle explosives and their Debo Samuel explosives, but man, like the Seahawks had two picks and they just didn't catch him. Diggs had, had a catch in the red, a pick in the red zone and just didn't catch it. We can just catch the pass and win with the front the way we've beaten all these teams here. Just win with the front. I, we got them. Like, I, I, it, before the Seahawks game, which I know they scored like 40 points in the Seahawks game, but before the Seahawks game, I was really, really, really scared of the Niners' offense. And Purdy's two worst games have been these last two weeks to the point where it's like, I feel better. I feel significantly better about the Eagles defense against that Niners group than, than, than I thought. And so I thought the Niners struggled with that Cowboys front and that caused them some issues. And then defensively, the Niners are just like, I, they, they were the, what I opened with on the NFL show. They're terrifying. Like this is, this is when the like, coaches talk about like physically dominant defenses, like having a presence, setting the tone, playing physical, like a lot of coach speak that like 99% of the time isn't real. and doesn't matter. This is the 1%. Like, it's so scary to play a team that plays this fast, that sends this much heat at you and can tackle this well, right? It's just like all the Cowboys are doing are throwing underneath and just trying to avoid at all costs throwing down the field because they're terrified of the Niners in coverage. And they're throwing underneath and just like CeeDee Lamb's getting lit up, Tony Pollard's getting lit up, Dak's getting lit up every time he holds the ball for more than two and a half seconds. They impose, man. They are physical. They are scary, scary, scary stuff. This is a huge like... How bad do you want it? Week 21, body doesn't feel good game when you place this Niners defense because they, they, have, they have such a high mentality getting to the football. They close space so quickly and they are thunderous. They are cantankerous at the contact point, man. Like they are a sight to see in terms of like modern NFL tackling. Like, oh, we don't hit like we used to. Nobody told D'Amico Ryan's guys that we don't hit like we used to. Nobody told D'Amico Ryan's guys we don't tackle as well as we used to. They, they're, they're special. They're so special in that regard. They're going to, and, and like, Watch every third down against the Cowboys. They got their four guys down, Eric Armstead down, Nick Bosa down, Samson Epicom down, and then they got three more dudes standing in gaps, and they'll send anybody, and all of them can hit. And it, it's just like that. They are an imposing group, man. Like The Eagles' defense is good because they're talented, and they play basic. The Niners' defense is good because they're talented, and they play aggressive. They come to hit. Uh, they are. I'm, I'm scared to my bones <laughs> from this Niners' defense, man. They're awesome. <laughs> Let's let's start on uh, well not start I guess we're into the pod Let, let's talk about that side uh, of the ball so the Niners uh, I thought they had the best defense in the NFL they're you know one two or three or whatever depending on what metric you want to look at DVOA EPA per drive uh, this will be the best defense the Eagles have faced this year and as we alluded to earlier they're healthy and so in terms of what they do uh, man at the fifth lowest rate they are a high percentage zone team. They play a lot of cover three. That's their most popular cover. So cover three, your outside corners are still uh, going to be one-on-one. And to me, like that's, um, that's what we're going to be talking about a lot Mm -hmm. this week is AJ Brown and Devontae Smith against Charvarius Ward and Lenore. I mean, those two guys, I mean, on paper, uh, I think you absolutely have an edge there. Now I think Jeff McLean uh, of the Inquirer reported that Brown hat did suffer like a little bit uh, of an injury, but it wasn't serious in that game on Saturday. So we'll see if we get 
more information uh, on that. But if it's Brown and Devontae Smith against those two corners, you have to find a way to hit on some of those explosive plays just down the field. And, and the four, and those guys are coached. It's like the Seahawks corners were coached uh, 10 years ago that just don't get beat over the top. Anything else is okay. And I thought you saw that um, certainly some in this game too, where, you know, Greg Olson was talking about it. Hey, they're giving that cushion uh, out there where you can throw some comebacks or throw it in front of them a little bit. Like in this scheme, that's not necessarily a huge loss. It's do not get beat over the top if you're in single high coverages and uh, you've got those guys on the outside. So uh, they're great against the run. I mean, the Eagles run game against this run game is going to be like, talk about the uh, another matchup that you got to see. They're second in DVOA against the run. Hufanga gets down there. You saw it in this game today against the Cowboys when he times up he that snap. He is a deranged which, uh, you know. pursuit missile. Man, that guy's a dragon. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would kill somebody to have him on the Philadelphia Eagles. I love him to death. Now you do want to, and I've read the 49ers like writers coverage of this throughout the season. Like if you can get him in some coverage uh, mismatches, he, he can be mm-hmm. exposed a little bit there. But yeah, when he's coming downhill and playing near the line of scrimmage, I mean, that's one reason why they are so good against the run is because they can play single high and have him play near the line of scrimmage. Uh, you mentioned the blitzing, how they'll send anyone. They blitz at a just below league average rate. But man, you saw it again in this game where it felt like every snap those linebackers were just in the A gaps and it's like it's one of those who's coming who's not coming figure it out sort it out and then make a play and you have a guy like Fred Warner who I feel like Fred Warner has ruined it for like every other linebacker in the NFL because when he is mugging the A gap and then getting deep on CeeDee Lamb in the middle of the the field over other side far away (laughs) everybody everybody like oh like look at this clip of Eric Hendricks doing it no 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 no. he did it lined up as the mic Fred did it lined up as the defensive tackle it's not human, dude. Yeah. So when you have that, a guy who can get that kind of depth and make that kind of play, like it's on most line, like 99% of linebackers cannot make that play. But he is obviously, you know, the, the key uh, to a lot of what they do in terms of the middle of the field. And then they've got that uh, that pass rush there with both that 18 and a half sacks. Now, no other player, this is interesting, no other player on the Niners had more than six and a half sacks. So uh, Bosa is like the guy who, when you're putting together your game plan, it's like, Bosa, Warner, Hufanga, I think those are kind of the guys you look at and be like, what's our plan for when they're doing uh, X, Y, and Z here? But uh, anything else in terms of their defensive personnel or or how the Eagles match up? Again, these are just sort of first thoughts that uh, stick out to you as we sit here on a Sunday night. I'll I'll just be like, I'll be very interested to go back and watch that KC film, go back and watch the the Raiders film, you know, which we, to be honest, I've watched. Those are the only yeah. two teams that scored 30-plus yeah, on them all I, season, Chiefs I, I and the Raiders. I rewatched both of those games in preparation for like their, their, their games against the Seahawks and against Dallas. Like I watched them recently, but I haven't really watched them through like Eagles' lens. I'm like, okay, well, like Eagles' formations and like you know, when, when, uh, when the Eagles like run their play-action concepts, like which, which ideas they like, who they're going to try to pick on. So I'd be curious to see, but like they are a little bit, some is greater than the whole of their parts in terms of the secondary, right? Like Jimmy Ward and Diamond Lenore are attackable guys. Travarius Ward is their outside corner, man is awesome. He's really, really, really good. Uh, Ward's been leading the league this year by like average separation at the catch point, by a number of contested uh, targets, by like press coverage. He's been incredible. So uh, he doesn't travel too much though. And I, I, I wonder what the AJ game is going to look like. Because if, if I were running the Niners defense, Ward would be following AJ Brown the whole game. 
and would be pressing him at the line and, and, and not giving him the free access slants and, and challenging him in that way. I'll be curious to see what they do in that regard. Niners also um, not a lot of mobile quarterbacks this year, which I'll be interested to see. Right, They, uh, they caught Justin Fields in week one when Justin Fields was yet the version of Justin Fields that he became. They didn't play uh, Giants this year. Didn't play the Ravens this year with, with Lamar. Just generally, obviously, haven't played the Eagles. Uh, didn't play the Bills. Haven't had really uh, uh, the experience of, of facing a, a high mobile quarterback. And that'll be something that's interesting to see for a team like this. Uh, like I said, so physical, really good tacklers, whatever. Um, but when you're playing match coverage, match quarters, like you know they like they like to do, your eyes are going to be on receivers. You play cover three zone, eyes are on the quarterback. Uh, and, and if a team has a guy who can spy Jalen Hurts, man, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair, like these linebackers can. So uh, there's a lot to try to riddle out in terms of what they do against mobile guys as well. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see this, to look at this defense this week through the lens of, hey, what challenges do the Eagles present with them that they haven't really had this year? Also, to what you were saying about the uh, aggressiveness, uh, those guys are okay taking a penalty to try to take somebody's head off. I mean, there yeah. I can already picture the plays at the link where there will be a late hit on Jalen Hurst and the crowd will be going nuts and we'll see whether they get the flag or don't get the flag. But yeah, they sort of play with that type of violence uh, and that type of mentality, that linebacking core. Their offense with Purdy, it's uh, I'm with you. I mean, it's you look at the numbers and it's wild. You know, they're they're third in offensive DVOA for the year. If you look at just their snaps with Purdy over these eight games, seven starts, it would translate to the second best offense uh, in the NFL behind only the Chiefs. I'm with you that it, this is not necessarily Brock Purdy uh, steering the ship. It's it's Brock Purdy not making mistakes. And when he has made mistakes, he hasn't got burnt. So that, that's really going to be uh, the key here. When you get those opportunities to produce those negative plays, make those negative plays. You saw it today. It felt like everything was middle of the field. I mean, every time they had a third and short, uh, and that's obviously the Shanahan offense, but you know, just, you, you just want it to be like line everybody up in the middle of the field and just one time make him throw uh, outside the numbers there. But it, it's all about the weapons. Debo McCaffrey, who it looked like was dealing with a little bit uh, yeah, of an injury or has been on. dealing with an injury, yeah, right? We got some Elijah Mitchell at yeah. the end of the game, which financially speaking was a great coaching decision. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, right. McCaffrey, a little bit gimpy on the calf. And I think, right. They, they felt comfortable salting that away and, and they're going to want to keep him hundred percent. But yeah, if he's got to be a timeshare, it's a big deal. Um, again, something we'll talk about more, uh, as, as we preview here, but I've talked about this Niners offense before I talked about it on Bill's pod this week, when they are in uh, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk, fullback, uh, tight end, George Kittle receivers, Brandon, I, you can Debo Samuel, every single player can line up at every single position on the field. That, like, it, it is an exponential gain. It is force multiplication. It's unprecedented multiplicity. We have not seen this in the modern NFL in, in years. Five guys who could all legitimately line up in the slot, tight end, tight to line scrimmage, in the backfield, moving back. Like they, we, don't, we don't have this. If you can take one pin out, McCaffrey's got to miss 20. 15 snaps because his calf's gimpy and Elijah Mitchell has to go in. It, it is a dramatic reduction of the efficacy of the other four. And like, that's not an overstatement because it's just like when 25 is in the huddle and not 23, you don't have to call the defensive check. We're like, Hey, if they motion to empty, the running back might run every route that they have, right? If they motion empty with Mitchell, he's going to run one of three routes. If they motion empty with McCaffrey and he lines about out wide, they'll run every route with him. So like the, uh, 
just one of those guys not being on the field is hugely impactful. And so, like, again, we don't root for injury. If McCaffrey's calf could stay tight for the rest of the week, that would be handy for the Eagles generally. <laughs> the, uh, the matchup up front, I think, is, an, is another one where you look at it. How, how will the Eagles or how would the Eagles uh, win this game? I mean, the Niners O-line has been good uh, overall, but you look at it, it's not like a bunch of talented uh, household names. Where right? I think if you look at specifically the Eagles interior, specifically the Eagles against right tackle Mike McGlinchey, like Hassan Reddick against Mike McGlinchey, that should be another, uh, another matchup in the Eagles' favor once again. And I did have the thought as I saw the 49ers winning, this you could finally get like your Jordan Davis game this week. Like, I wonder if he would play more snaps in this game where they say, listen, on early downs, we're not going to let them run the ball and get to uh, third and short. Go in there, wreak some havoc. You're feeling healthier now than you were earlier in this season. That's just a little little thought I had. Let's see how I feel about it uh, later in the week. But I I was thinking about that. I will say, and again, like, I don't want to too much spoil, you know, kind of where we're going and where we're preparing on this. But the Niners right now, in terms of early down runs this season, this is not including the playoffs because I don't have it up in the data real quick. Early down runs, they're 11th in EPA. They're not, like, you know, they're, they're about as close to average as they are to, you know, like, first, right? By the way, Eagles are top one by a mile. Uh, they're, like, head and shoulders all the rest of the league. The, the Niners are not the same running team that they have been in seasons past. I think an easy trap for Jonathan Gannon to fall into will be to see... 21 personnel, blocker Kyle Juszczyk, blocker George Kittle. See those tight surfaces, right? You bring the wide receivers in close, they can be extra blockers, so they're not wide formations, they're tight formations. And say, I got to have my five-man front out. I need to be able to stop the run. And overestimate the fear of the Niners' running ability. And that's for the whole season. I'll, I'll look at like the just McCaffrey numbers. But in general, they haven't been that strong of a running team. Yeah. And in doing so, if you do that and you kind of, you know, run your five one five stuff and, and you, you take a linebacker, a second level player off the field and you're asking like Chauncey Garner Johnson and Marcus Epps to be second level players, they're going to get blocked like crazy and it's going to be a long day. So I, I, I love that you're trying to find a Jordan Davis game for me. I appreciate that looking out for me. That's very kind of you. Uh, I'm not sure I want it to be a Jordan Davis game. I think if the Eagles have a lot of Jordan Davis okay. snaps, I think they're falling into a trap. That's my early read. Yeah. I mean, you have to have some way to account for Debo Kittle, Ayuk, and McCaffrey when they are throwing the football. I mean, that, that's different than any other team the Eagles have faced this year. All right, my last uh, couple notes on this, Benjamin. Big advantage for the Eagles, in my opinion. Game management. Yes. In-game decision-making. I mean, Kyle Shan. this has been the case case with Kyle Shanahan for years. Listen, he, he's a great coach. We know he's a great offensive schemer, a great play caller. He coaches offense as if his offense sucks. And this is regardless of whether his offense sucks or his offense doesn't suck. I mean, he no one likes to kick a, a field goal on fourth and one, fourth and two. No one likes to punt on fourth and one, fourth and two, more than Kyle Shanahan specifically. And I don't have data on this, but I could. it just feels so right from watching the games. In the playoffs, it even ratchets up a notch where he gets uh, super conservative. So to me, we haven't talked a lot about that with Nick Sirianni this year just because his game management has been outstanding. Standing. Like we haven't come on in these post-game pods and be like, what were they thinking here with this timeout? Or why couldn't they get the play call in? Or why didn't they go for it here? I mean, it really has been outstanding. So I think you have a big advantage there. You saw the end of the first half with the 49ers, where I mean that was just a complete botch job by the Niners in terms of managing the clock. Now they still kick the field goal, so you don't kill them for it. But uh Purdy 
gets the ball out with one second left. I mean, they almost cost themselves three points there in what was a very close game. So I think that's going to be uh, certainly a big advantage for the Eagles. Cliff, I wanted to get you in here and, he, and hear what like the, the threads you're on, the Eagles fan uh, text threads you're on, uh, if you're there, if you're available. Like, yeah. what's, the, uh, what's the vibe? What's the sense? Is it sort of like you were last week where you're like, what are we talking about here? We got Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's not coming to the link uh, and winning this game. Because I'll be honest, that's sort of how I feel. Uh, my initial my initial thoughts on this matchup. How are your buddies feeling? So there's a lot of uh, explicitness in some of these text messages <laughs> that I can't repeat. There's a lot of Cowboys hurt, first of all, right? So obviously, and you know, in Philly, we yeah. despise the Cowboys. There's a lot of talk of Dak Prescott not being good and being a terrible quarterback him blowing it, then won the Cowboys to come to the link and end their season that way. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But now all the slander has shifted to Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy. And, um, yeah, there's, just so, there's a lot of profanity in here that I really can't say. Confident. Yes, yes, very confident. Yeah. I'm confident in the birds, too. I just don't see them coming into the link and doing what they want to do. I Listen, I understand the defense is great. I watched Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, that you know the the line. Hufanga is like I remember watching the second game of the season and seeing him. I think he had like a pick six yep. or something like that on like Sunday Night Football, yep. and I was like, oh, <laughs> I saw him. I was like, that looks like shades of like Troy Polamalu from back in That's the day. Like that dude, that dude is terrifying. But I just feel like, bro, if they're coming to the link and how raucous that crowd is, and Brock Purdy either has a three and out on that first drive. Or does some stupid turnover? Good luck, honestly. Good luck. They will not. They are not winning that game. <laughs> they better control the ball and not turn over the ball and do some of that lollipop stuff that Brock Purdy does earlier on in the game. Or the link will get loud. They will not be able to hear anything or do anything. I'm very confident that the Eagles will win this game, seeing as though we are healthy at the right time. I, sure, I know you mentioned Jordan Davis. You know, hopefully being an impact player. I, as much as it pains me to say, I don't think that really matters in this game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was trying to throw Ben a bone, you know? Yeah, I, and yeah, I maturely yeah. denied the bone. <laughs> let it be noted. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm supremely, like, in my mind, I'm supremely confident. I think the Eagles are definitely going to come out victorious next week. And I'm not being a homer. I'm not being biased. This is just basically, this is just how I feel, personally. All right, who do you want, Bengals or Chiefs then? Uh, oh, Bengals. <laughs> I, I, when y'all be when y'all be more, listen, the Bengals are a better team, but when y'all be more terrified of Mahomes though, like I yeah. listen, especially I guess especially he would get two more weeks. Yeah, listen, you got to remember, I went to a nightmare of a game where I watched Eagles the Eagles, Chiefs, yeah, yeah. Not, the Eagles oh, Chiefs game last year, which completely different teams. I get it, like the roster turnover is way different than what it was last year. But I watched that game at the link, and I watched Mahomes go down the field. I literally don't think they had a punt in that game. I watched him go down the yeah. field the whole entire game and work the hell out of the Eagles. I'm terrified of that man. I'd much rather see Joe Burrow because I, I think the Eagles could get to Joe Burrow. Joe's cool as hell, but I think the Eagles could oh, get to man, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, 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 I like him. I'm a big fan. But I, I, I just think the Eagles could get to him uh, easier than Mahomes. I, I'm just – Mahomes is the best player in the league, man. I'm terrified of that. Like, I would not want to see him in the Super Bowl. I think it's a good point because it's. I'm not asking you like this weekend. If you if if you if you ask, hey, you got to play the game this weekend against the Chiefs or the Bengals, it might be a different answer. But if you're facing, if this is the Super Bowl, 
then we're operating under the assumption that Mahomes has somehow on a high ankle sprain beaten the Bengals and then gotten two weeks to rest and now uh, is playing you again. So I think that that is probably, uh, I, I think that's probably the right answer. How about you, Ben? Do you have a, uh, what's your take on I that? I would like to see Mahomes moving on his ankle and then at the time I will make a determination. I probably lean Bengals. I'll tell you. Burrow with the way he's playing or Mahomes on half of an ankle against this Gannon defense. I'm not going to sleep for two weeks. You're going to find me at the Super Bowl, like shaking and my eyelids, like, you know, like glazed, my eyes glazed over, you know, like dark eyes. That's a, I, I had, I had yet to let myself get mentally to the point of one of these elite AFC quarterbacks against the Eagles defense in the, in the Super Bowl. That just, that thought coming to my head for the first time is horrible. I'm going to focus on Brock Purdy and, and handling this week, but I think it's Bengals. A lot of it is the Mahomes health situation. I will say this, though. Mahomes tweeted out a clock after the uh, Bengals were victorious today, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know was what it, that means. Oh, we just, I just no literally, was literally, yeah, I saw that, too. It, literally, it was literally emoji of a clock. <laughs> like, I, don't know, I don't know what that means, but take that for what All it's I worth. All I know is, is the ticking. Chiefs are 0-3 against the Bengals, and the idea of Mahomes and Reed being 0-4 against another team is to me like, I don't. I, I, I don't see how the Chiefs lose this game with just like... Oh, yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. My early Super Bowl matchup is if I had to guess today, and like you said, we can change it. Uh, I've got Eagles Bengals uh, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll change it this week. Almost oh certainly God. I'll change it this week. We'll see. Oh, my gosh. All right, there you go. Uh, Cliff, get your uh, get your Temple shout-out uh, out there before we sign off. First of all, shout-out to my boys, Temple House. Being the number one Houston, I don't even know what their mascot is today. What is, what's Houston's Cougars? mascot? Cougars. Yeah, the Cougars. Yes, yes, yeah. the Houston Cougars. Yeah. Shout out to my boys. <laughs> Being the number one team in the nation, baby. Let's go, go Owls. And I got a shout out to uh, Freeway, Beanie Siegel, and Jay Z for releasing what we do. Uh, it's a Philly classic song, twenty years ago to the day. So shout out to them as well. I like it. I saw your tweet. I started playing it, and it was uh, taking me back 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Power 99. College at that time, fresh, in freshman in college at that time. Yeah, or senior in high school. Listen to Power In 99. Houston, they beat him. I'm reading this now. I yes. didn't know. Oh, buddy. How about that? By one point. By one point. Oh, Ben, Houston. I had no idea when Cliff Twet texted us and goes, in. I got to give Tech I thought a it was going to be a Hassan Reddick going, Why do you, I was like, what right, are you talking about? Yeah, Here I had go. no idea. <laughs> I told Cliff you could have given me 30 chances to guess who the number one college basketball team in the country was, and I wouldn't have gotten Houston. Listen, when you have kids, you guys will find this out, you, you got to give some stuff up. And for me, at that time, Game winning I'm like, block. listen, college oh basketball. Oh, my goodness. This is, all right, I'll watch these highlights and go to sleep. <laughs> Cherry in the white, baby. Uh, That's the second best fight yeah. song in the city of Philadelphia, by the way, too. I was like, uh, you know, I, I was like, I'll watch March Madness. But other than that, like, no, college hoops in uh, January, that's something I would have to give up if I want to uh, be present for my children. So, listen, you'll find you make some of those decisions as you get older. Listen, the way college basketball is going right now, you made the right choice. <laughs> Fight, fight, fight for the cherry and the white, for the cherry and the white. Listen, I'm open. As long as longtime listeners know, uh, I am a Penn State alum, but until if they're not going to give me any type of like, you know, part time teach a little sports journalism here, then I'm open to any university. I will leave them for a, like a, a second, you know, like a second wife, like a second university. Temple, I'm open to you. Anyone else local, Westchester, Villanova, LaSalle, St. Joe's, Drexel, any, no anybody. Drexel. 
anybody, any pen, uh, I don't think pen's going to be calling me, but listen, any of you need somebody, I'm here. I'm uh, who's more available than me. Look, look okay. I, I need to get I need to get a uh, professor job at Temple first, man. How are you going to ask for one? You need to go to Temple. <laughs> I'm old. I, at least on, I know, at least I know the powers that need to make a phone call. The speed with which I taken a Cliff Augustine class, man. Are you kidding me? Just every single day, just roll in. With, yeah, I would with agree Cliff with on that. the whiteboard. Yes, sir. Listen, Temple, me and Shiel are available. We will have Ben as a guest speaker a couple times a year. Hit us up. Listen, we want to teach. We want to teach the kids down on North Broad. Hit us up, right? Sure, we can, if we you can. get one, I'm just going to show up and and be like the, you know, hi, I'm an old uh, student trying to uh, get my degree here because I'm yeah, with Ben. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. All right. All right. That will do it. For this episode, Elastica, happy birthday to my daughter, Leela. I had to miss her birthday party on Friday and miss the Eagles game on Saturday because of this sickness. But she's very understanding for a seven-year-old. So happy seventh birthday to her. Naya, who is 10, might eventually listen to this. She started, so she liked listening to the Phillies pods. And then the last week or so, she starts going, oh, yeah, I'm listening to the Lions pod. I go, why are you listening to the Lions pod? That was week one. We did like Eagles pods this week. She's like, no, because then I won't know what happened the whole time. And I go, so you're going to listen to the whole season? So Naya might like listen yeah. to this we specific episode Naya, Naya uh, when she's like 14 or 15, now. depending worrisome. on how long it takes her to get like through week, the 2022 season. Ben said that, like, you know, Devontae was <laughs> going to be this. But then by week eight, he was saying this. I don't know, inconsistent <laughs> messaging over here. She, she did drop a uh, Benny Souls earlier. She liked when I first brought that out and said, you're kind of funny on the pod. You don't have Big like way. your lame dad jokes that you have in real life. So I will take that certainly as a compliment. All right. We're going to have a bunch of stuff this week. We'll figure all that out. We'll, of course, have the Thursday 10, but I think we might hit you with a bonus episode or two. We'll see how that goes. Appreciate everyone listening. Continue to leave those reviews. Continue to leave questions with the hashtag RingerPhilly on Twitter, and we will get to those later in the week. It is NFC Championship Week on the Ringers Philly Special. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Cliff. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we will talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.